Welcome to March to the pod presented by Eternal Roofing. We are your consistent source for Sam Houston Athletics. We're bringing you all cats to your ears throughout the month of June. In this episode, Ben will hopefully provide a good update on the Cats offense after their second scrimmage. <laughs> we're going to give the defense some love. That is not what we're doing on this. Corey <laughs> forgot to rewrite that. So what we're going to do is we're going to continue to love on the defense and talk about the linebackers and defensive backs. Then we're going to have a discussion on whether we think the Cats are over or under Vegas's prediction on wins for the season. And we're going to finish it out by previewing the game against BYU and giving our picks against the spread. I am your host, Corey Hogue, the non-FBS insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and the guy that didn't rewrite that paragraph above. Find me on your favorite social media channels at Corey Hogue Sports. I'm joined by the creator and manager of Sports of SHSU on Twitter and Instagram, the chief operating officer of the Cat Fund and proud Bearcat alum, Ben Sorrells. Uh, ben, I could have just stopped the recording and started over. But you know what? We all make mistakes in life. I guess I got to own up to it sometimes and just go on the fly. Yeah, that makes it fun. Uh, off the cuff, off the record. Let's just keep it moving. And uh, yeah, I think it's fun. It's a part of the recording process and a little less for you to edit, right? <laughs> well, yeah. And that, look, I don't want people thinking that this is a heavily edited program. Like the, the editing on this is very, very simple because what you see is what you get. That's That's how Ben and I are about most everything, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Transparent. We'll let you know how it is. And yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know who else is transparent, man? Eternal Roofing. We are proud to be partnered with them on this podcast. Taylor Andrus and the group over there, they do a great job. They they cover Houston. They cover the Hill Country. He said they will cover the entire state of Texas. So no matter where you're listening to us, find them, give them a shout. You can reach Taylor if you've got a job at Hey, storms happen all the time. This is Texas. If you just had some roof damage and you need something repaired, call, email Taylor. You can call him. I'll give you both of them here. Taylor at eternalroofingtx.com. That's Taylor. It's a common spelling, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at eternalroofingtx.com. You can call the Hill Country office at 830-251-5673. That was 830 830- Two five one five six seven three, and if you're in Montgomery County, I'll slow down the first time I give you this number, nine three six two one five eight five three nine. Ben, the people in the Hill Country who were who were writing down that Hill Country number, they were like, "Slow down, man! <laughs> slow it down, Corey." Yeah, and they don't just do roofing too; they've got roof replacement, roof repair, gutters, painting garage doors flooring sheetrock and maybe your team in week one is really bad and you punch a hole in the wall they're the ones to call um they can fix it for you so yeah they do a lot <laughs> yeah you know i mean sometimes holes in walls happen i think <laughs> we will there will be a lot of discussion about the holes and how they got in the walls over the course of history <laughs> yep. you know so speaking of holes and there there is a loophole that could get sam houston a bowl game yeah, there, so there is in uh, the path to bowl eligibility um, got maybe one or two percent easier with Arizona State declaring themselves ineligible for a bowl this year. So if Sam Houston has enough wins, you got to have six wins for a bowl and there aren't enough bowl eligible teams. 
um, around the country to fill all the bowls, Sam Houston, um, and just like James Madison, Jacksonville State, um, they would be the first teams up um, instead of another five and seven teams. So yeah, still a way to it. Don't automatically get in. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's certainly a path. Hey, if you're saying that there's a chance, that's all I need. Now, the second part, I need the Cats to get six wins. That That's the much – I don't know which one sounds tougher. I, I think if you – oh, boy, I'm about to put you on the spot today, Ben. Okay, let's do it. All right. If you were – whose odds are greater? Is it greater odds that the Cats make a bowl game or is it greater odds that the Cats – finish below what Vegas has said is the over or under wins total, which is four. Yeah, I think, I think there's a better chance they reach a bowl game. I don't see them going. I think, I think they're either going to hit the win total or go above it. I don't see them going below it. I think this is at least a four win team. I think four wins or five wins is where a lot of people have them. So if I had to pick, I'm guessing us being bowl eligible with six wins over us being um, a three win or less team. So that's my opinion. I know we'll get into it a little more and a little bit with the uh, the number and where the wins come from. I love the positivity. That's what you're here for. You're yeah. here to bring that positivity, but we're also going to bring the truth, which means both of us may not be on the same page on some of this stuff, man. Yeah, I mean, somebody's got to do the other side. Somebody's got to have the glass not half full and or glass half empty, and I'll be the glass half full <laughs> guy. That, that's how we'll we'll talk about it. I live my life as a pessimist. Do you believe that one? Uh, maybe. We'll see. We'll see how we, uh, how today goes. And I'm the exact opposite. I'm like an eternal optimist, just like eternal roofing. So. I, I, that's right. Just like <laughs> eternal roofing. Like how I did that? Bend it in. There you go. We are a podcast on the Republic of Football Network and an extension of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on the various social media platforms including X, Twitter, whatever they call that thing, Facebook, Instagram, and threads. We're going to be on threads all the time now that they have a desktop app because that was my, that was keeping me from them, Ben. But you can find us on there now at March to the pod, all one word, March, the number two, the pod. And if you're watching us on YouTube, a special hello to you. It is good to see you again. And we're glad that you're joining us for this episode, Ben, last week we talked about the defense. We hadn't we hadn't mentioned them enough. We started a little bit. We got through the defensive line. Then I think Corey got distracted, and the show went haywire from there. <laughs> let's get Nothing us back. On, <laughs> let's get back on track, and and let's get back to talking about the the defense. And we're going to start with linebackers. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and this is a group that I think is by far the biggest strength of the team this year. And Dave Campbell's, um, I think Mike Craven put out the top linebacking units in the country of, the, or not in the country, but in the state, the 13 FBS teams in the state. And Sam Houston came in at number five. So um, ahead of some power five programs, really good group of five programs. And that just kind of shows the strength of this team and just some of the names um, off the top here that you got to mention, Markel Perry. Uh, number one, we've talked about him some. And then Trevor Williams, um, chance to possibly be the all-time leading tackler at Sam Houston. He's been there for a while. Fourth year as a captain. So he's he's really good. And then you've got KV and Gaither. And he was the uh, WAC Defensive Player of the Year last year. And uh, he was a guy competing for a starting spot. 
uh, just to try to get into the starting rotation, that just kind of shows the depth um, that there is in the linebacking group. But those are going to be your starting linebackers, and that's what's listed on the depth chart that just came out. Oh, man, that is – that linebacking core? It's nice. That's and, and that's just solid. the beginning. I mean, when you look at the the two deep, you've got Isaiah Nixon, who a couple of years ago at Texas State was really good for them and started an entire year. Um, you've also got Sincere Jackson, who I've heard at NFL Tools, and the one game he played last year, I think he had eight tackles against A and M, uh, and he's really good. And you've got Jalen Phillips, who was a whack defensive player of the week one time last year and was one of the leading tacklers last season, and so. I mean, you've got depth, you've got star power. I mean, it's a group that's loaded, and I think it's by far the most deep and talented group on this team. Okay, so here we go. Is there? We're going to get to the defensive backs now. But as we transition there, this is my question. Could any of those backup linebackers, could we see them? Are they someone who could maybe be a hybrid and play some safety? Yeah, so it's interesting you mentioned that. I don't think any of them right now are going to move over to safety. I think if you had to choose one, it would be KV and Gaither. And he, he actually fully transitioned to linebacker last year. And he signed out of high school as a safety um, and made that transition. So I think they're all locked into being a linebacker full-time. But um, if one had to move, it would definitely be Gaither. He's got a lot of experience there. He's obviously one of your most talented players on defense. So he could definitely do it. That is awesome. Who else is in the, the backfield? Yeah, so the, the defensive backfield, it, it's not a group that gets a ton of love. And um, it's a group that I think, just because the front seven is so strong, and we all know about the front seven and how good it's going to be. But, man, I think there's some names that people have to know here. And um, we'll start with David Fisher. Um, he's one of three or four guys last year that saw a ton of playing time due to guys redshirting. Um, guys like Isaiah Downs or guys getting injured like BJ Foster towards the end of the year um, and man he had an impressive camp and I've heard he um, he might be our top cover corner this year and he's just a redshirt sophomore so you start with him and then some other names at DB or Caleb Weaver he's another young guy and then Donovan Adkins so those three really young guys are names that we don't know a lot of but saw a ton of action the last three or four games last year and they're all going to start and play huge roles this year so these guys are we gonna see because it's gonna be hard to run on this defense that much we we pretty much have decided is true are we gonna see teams really go vertical on this defense a lot and if so how successful will they be against kind of a young group so I was actually listening to a BYU podcast and they said that the the weakness of this defense is the secondary and so that's what they're going to try to expose and so I think early in the season that's where teams are definitely going to try to look to try to get to this defense just because they know the front seven is so strong so I expect that but man I'm really high on, on David Fisher at corner also really high on Jordan Morris um, transferred from Coastal Carolina last year and had a great year for us um, and then you bring back Isaiah Downs and I mean he was one of the heroes of the national title run and has been here for a long time. So, um, and then behind them, you've got a couple transfers and Juco guys. And so they've got experience. Um, you add in Jabari Johnson. He's another one that's going to be pretty good uh, from ULM. So I think there's depth at this position and, uh, or at the DB position. And Keeler even mentioned today that he thinks there's multiple guys that can play multiple positions and they feel comfortable with all of them. So an overlooked group, but I think they're still going to be pretty good. I want to take a second because, you know, sometimes fans 
don't get behind the curtain access. So let's give a little bit of behind the curtain access to what it's like for a defensive back. And just imagine that when you go to work, the only time people really notice you is when either you give up a big play or you make a big play. All the other stuff you do in between where you're setting up, you're you're doing all those other things to help the team. You could even be special teams. They're not going to know you. But if you give up a couple of touchdowns, they know your name. That is a tough situation. And that, to be a good defensive back, it takes a lot of mental strength. It does. And I mean, honestly, I, I never played football, so I can't really speak to it. But I feel like you it's one of the most athletic positions on the field. I mean, you've got to be able to guard arguably the fastest guy on the other team, um, maybe the most athletic guy on the other team. you got to guard tight ends. You've got to be able to come down and stop the run. So um, you got to do a lot of different things at corner and DB, safety. And uh, yeah, it's a really difficult position. And like you said, don't really know their names until they uh, either make the game-winning interception or they give up the game-winning touchdown. There's really no in-between. So you you brought up a great point there when you talked about how they're going to, you know, safety, a good safety has got to come down the line of scrimmage. And with these offenses today passing as much as they do, you really need two linebackers and five DBs on the field. You You really do a lot of times. That's why what we're watching, and I also want people to understand, we are watching Micah Parsons transform the NFL and how the NFL is played. And I say this because he is your first kind of true hybrid linebacker defensive end. Lawrence Taylor could do some of those same things, uh, but I, I really think with the speed, you're going to see teams and and schools, and I think some of that's even started at the bigger colleges like, like Alabama and stuff. I, I've heard Saban talk about they're looking not as much for a linebacker as a hybrid, a guy who could be a linebacker or a safety a lot of times. Right. And, and I think we've got two guys that kind of fit those molds with us. And we talked earlier about Kavian Gaither. He's a guy that did play safety, but now he's playing linebacker, playing really well. And he could probably transition back if he needed to. And then Markel Perry, not that he's Micah Parsons, but man, he can play that jack role, that that defensive line slash linebacker position and play both of them really effectively. So they've got a couple guys that can do a little bit of both. Isaiah Nixon, he's another one behind Markel Perry that can kind of be that hybrid D-line linebacker position. So there's a couple guys we've got that can really have some position versatility if they need to. I am amazed at how good the athletes are of today. So mm-hmm. there are times where I just stop and I go – there are things today that we didn't see happening in the 80s and 90s, uh, which are only decades that I remember. So there you go. Um, but honestly, it seems like even in the last 10 years, the level of athlete has just shot up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's I mean, it's just like in baseball, how before, like if you threw a 93 mile an hour fastball, <laughs> like you you threw the hardest on the team and now if you're throwing 93, it's like, are you even going to crack the roster because it's not enough? And it's just every sport and uh, every position. I mean, the athleticism and ability of these guys has just gone way up. And I think a lot of that is due to the technology and the what we know about the body and the training that these guys have access to. And uh, I know it's just going to get better from here. 
I am always surprised when I watch a college game and see a guy throw like 86 and I go, oh yeah, no, that actually is pretty good back in the day. Yeah, even 10, 12 years ago. I mean, yeah. I mean, 2005, I mean, guys were topping out 90 to 92 and now, uh, now if you're throwing 90 to 92, you better be a sidearm lefty or something like that. <laughs> yeah, man, it is crazy how good, how good they've done it. And, you know, when you talk about the athletes, you talk about all the sports, and we love all of the Bearcats, and so does the Cat Fund. And so to those of you out there, look, if you don't have the money to to sponsor the team, to uh, to get a sign, you know, if you don't own a business or something like that, but you still want to help out, or even if you do own a business and you're like, you know, we're a mom and pop, we just want to help the athletes we want to make sure all that money is going to the athletes. We've got the place to send that for the for the Bearcats, and that's to the Cat Fund. Ben, tell them tell them some more about why they should be a part of what's going on over there. Yeah, it's it's a bunch. It's so much good going on. We're getting to support these athletes, which is the biggest thing, and all the money's going to them, which is huge, and rewarding them for what they do on the field and off the field and doing things the right way and staying at the school for multiple years. And um, as a member, you get access to exclusive content, things like that, apparel. Um, so just a lot of really good going on. Get to support athletes, be involved with what's going on, be a part of this move to the FBS in an exciting time, um, help these players out and also um, get some stuff for yourself. So, yeah. Where can they find you? Yeah, cat-fun.com. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, catfund, I believe it's just one word on Twitter or X, whatever it's called, and Instagram. So that's where we can find it. Hyphen, man, that's why you got that college education. You're smart. <laughs> I guess you could put it that way. <laughs> I would have I said dash, man. Not, you know, that's that's a difference. Yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> I've I've heard I've repeated it enough to people. I think that I know it's a hyphen now. <laughs> I, I think think it was dash for a while, and I think we've migrated over to hyphen. Sound a little more educated. Does it? I, I well, I guess. <laughs> well, you know, it could say cat fun tx, just like eternal roofing. But that's held for eternalroofingtx.com because Taylor Andrus knows you've got to be part of Texas, and no one is is a bigger part of Texas than Taylor and that entire crew over at Eternal Roofing. You know, earlier, we talked about the services and they offer a wide range of things, but there's a lot of other stuff about this business, Ben. They give back. The, Taylor has built this thing and it's still in its early stages, but it, even, even when he was at his last job, he made sure his business was supporting and sponsoring the Bearcats athletics and around the facility. And he, he mentioned to us, He's looking for ways to continue to do that. And he was glad to be a part of this podcast as one way. And we're very happy to have him too. To have someone like that, an alum, someone who loves that place, wants to invest in that place. Um, that's the kind of person that you really want when you highlight a school, because those are the ones that make those schools special, Ben. It is. And it, it is really special to have a Bearcat alum sponsoring the show. I mean, it could have been anybody, but I am I really love that it is a Bearcat. And I was at the uh, alumni networking thing uh, event uh, this past weekend. And one of the quotes was, your degree is only worth as much as you give back. And so Taylor's definitely a guy that's given back to Sam Houston, Sam Houston, Sam Houston Athletics and the Huntsville community. That's for sure. 
He certainly has. So if you need anything done, general contracting or any roofing repair, contact Taylor. That's T-A-Y-L-O-R at eternalroofingtx.com. If you're in Montgomery, you can call at 936-215-8539. Going to slow that down for you. 936-215-8539. And if you're in the Hill Country, call 830-251-5600. Seven, three. Give Eternal Roofing a call. You won't be disappointed. Ben, we're going to move on into a part where I'm going to turn off my DMs. <laughs> uh, I'm going to turn off my email. I'm not going to read any of these fan comments that's coming. We're about to talk about the over-under for the Bearcats for this season. Um, okay. I'm telling you where we're laying it at. We're laying it at four. Four, That's four. where Vegas has laid it at. I've heard three and a half, but I, I want four. It's either five or three. I'm not, you know, if you're going to bet on this, if we're going to talk about we're not going to go with push. I don't play push. No, fun. no <laughs> it's no fun if you push. You either got to believe the cats are getting five or you got to say they're going to only get three. Should we go good news or bad news? I'll tell you what, we'll go game by game, Ben. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go game by game. Starting with this weekend at BYU. Uh, yep, that's a loss. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Air Force, NRG Stadium. That's a loss, man. The, the, the Falcons, that offense, that's tough, man. Yeah, I, I think it's a toss-up game for me. I'm going to say... I still think we go over the four, but I'm going to say no. Uh, I'm going to say it's a loss, but I think it's really close. Um, but I've still got I've still got five wins for us on the schedule at least. Then they head to Big Twelve to Houston. Sorry, Cougars, not laughing at you yet. Still laughing with you. <laughs> um, they play at Houston. That's another tough one. They will have a. I wonder will the Bearcats have more people at the game than Houston? That would That's, be. That'd be nice. I mean, that I'm could be something to, to turn this. And and let me also say this: I'm not picking Sam Houston to win this. So go ahead and and you know lower the eyebrow for just a little bit. But I think this game is going to be much closer than what people. I don't know what the spread would be right now, but I'm al- I would already take uh, take the cover on that. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to what does Houston look like their first couple weeks. They start with uh, UTSA, and I'm trying to find their second game. I don't think it's an easy one um, again. But, if man, if they come into that game 0-2 or 1-2, so they go UTSA, Rice, so they should at least be 1-1, then they play TCU, than us. So if they come in 1-2, I mean, that team's going to be kind of down already coming off a disappointing year last year, and – if they're one and two and they've got Texas Tech the week after us, I mean, it's it's going to be tough to not overlook us. So, I mean, I, I think it's a game that we could have a, a shot in. So, we'll see. But I'll, I'll still say probably a loss. I was – I'm I, I said loss, but this is the reason why I'm going to give you the scenario the Cats win. And this is very possible that this happens – to the Cougars by there because nobody starts this year on a hot seat any warmer than Dana Holgerson. He lost control. I think a lot of, uh, uh, I don't know that he's had the team. I think he's lost the team a couple of times, to be honest with you. It hadn't been pretty. 
So yeah. if if they're I, I expect them to lose the UTSA. Uh, I do expect them to beat Rice, although Rice is better. A TCU, that's going to be interesting. They're at home. If they lose, if they lose the UTSA, they get blown out by TCU. Both of those home games. By the third home game, when Sam Houston comes in there, the entire town of Houston might be revolting against Holgerson. And yes. if that's the case, that team could, could, could he could lose that team in a heartbeat. And if he loses that team, you don't want to play the Bearcats. They're going to be inspired for that game. Right. And uh, I mean, what if they go 0-3 and Holgerson's gone? They'll be going into, uh, I'm just throwing out hypotheticals, but it could, it could really get interesting. And even if they are one and two and lose the TCU, I mean, going to Texas tech the next week, that's what you're really going to be looking forward to. So it's, it's going to be hard to not, not overlook the Bearcats. You know, the great thing about this conversation, we will know by September 23rd. Yep. We're, I think we'll have an idea. We're already in it, man. We're, it's no longer. Yeah. In a few months, we're going to know an answer. Now nah, we're going to know here pretty quick. In three weeks. Yeah, man. Yeah. And isn't that exciting? We're, we're here. It's, it's here. Home against Rich Rod and Jacksonville state. The worst name nickname for a coach in history. And that's only one of the reasons I don't like him. Um, I got the cats winning. I got the cats beating the Gamecocks in this one, Ben. I do too. They, they beat UTEP. They look, they looked pretty good. We, I don't think anybody was really impressed with UTEP, but it's a tough turnaround for them because they've got to play Eastern Michigan on a Saturday night and then come play in Huntsville on a Thursday. And um, that's a tough turnaround. So I, I think we're a better team than them to start with. And then you get them on a short week where they have to travel and come to you. I think we're going to be in a spot to where that's a game we should win. I, you know, that game against UTEP, I, I'm starting to wonder if we just need to put an asterisk by the, by the miners out there, man, that, that and it's not talent. I just want to say this. I'm I'm gonna this is the Bearcats podcast, and we're gonna tell the truth. Um, it's not talent. UTEP has talent. I saw talent last week. Um, it's deeper than talent, Ben. Yeah, I mean, we saw the last two plays of the game. So <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> you could watch the whole game, you'd have seen a whole lot that looked like that. Yeah. All right. So we both got that, that we both got the cats winning there. Then they head off to Liberty on CBS Sports Network Thursday night. It is they're on ES they're on ESPNU against Jacksonville State. They're on FS1 against BYU. So they're gonna be used to the national TV by this time. But boy, the Flames with an Eagle logo, I believe that is. Um they're they're tough, man. Yeah, they, they are. And even with the coaching change with Jamie Chadwell coming in, they lost a lot of talent, really completely remaking the roster. Um, I think they're still going to be pretty good, probably top two or three in the conference. And so that's probably your first or second hardest conference game. So that's probably a loss. And so at that point, you're one in four, I believe it is um, there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you are. You're, you're one in four at that point. And then you hit the road. The next Wednesday night, again on CBS Sports Network, and you play New Mexico State. Um, yeah, this is this is an interesting one. So when I first saw the schedule, I thought, man, this is going to be tough. New Mexico State won a bowl game last year. They're, they're, they've got some momentum. This is a Thursday to Wednesday turnaround, both on the road. 
completely separate sides of the country. I don't really know. But after watching them play this last weekend, I'm going to give us a win here. So I think we win, and that puts us at two and four. I'm going to say that, and I we'll see. This week we'll know a whole lot. It'd be fun. We could revisit this every week. That's what's great about doing it in the preseason is that we're not going to revisit this every week. But uh, I, I'm going to say Jerry Kill has got that team focused again. That they came in feeling a little high on themselves last week, and uh, I think they're going to. They're a team. If I, there are when a team loses their first game, there are certain teams that I think are good teams that just don't come out ready. And I'm going to put the Aggies in that column for now. But in, by week two, we're going to know the truth. Either either they're bad or they're a bowl contender again. And they did the same thing last year. I don't know if they'll do it again this year, but they started really slow, ended the year hot. Um, we'll see if they do that. I had that game as a toss-up to start with, but after seeing what I saw week one, I'm going to go, like I said, I'm the I'm the optimistic one. I'm going to go ahead and give us the win and put us at two and four. Yeah, I'm going one and five, man. Hey, and somebody, okay. Not that the season's been bad, though, at this point, right? Like, tell me. It's been tough. Yeah, I mean, Jacksonville State, of all the teams on here, is the only ones that you could go into the season saying they should win until they get to October 18th and they get Florida International. They're at home a Wednesday night again on CBS Sports. Hey, I saw Florida International. They gave a little bit of a fight last week. They're all about the. They have no passing game, man. They have zero passing attack. All cats, all day long, two and five. Okay, yeah, and I, I'm gonna chalk it up to a win. Also, I think it's a game we should win and expect to win. So that'll put us at three and four for on my end. And then UTEP comes in the next week. ESPN two at home. Oh, you know what? I give I give Sam Houston the win there. That's three wins. I'm at yeah. three wins already, Ben. Yeah, and I like. I think we stay hot. I mean, I got us on a three-game winning streak at that point, and I got us at four and four. Oh, and then they get Kennesaw State. I think it's. I think it's a win. It, uh, Kennesaw's in their transition year. We've seen what transition years look like, um, but they're also playing. I think a nine-game schedule or ten-game schedule against three or four Division two teams, stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, I don't think we're going to see much from them this year, much good from them, I guess, just because of the transition. We saw what it did to us last year. So I'll chalk it up to a win, and that's going to put us at five and four. And you just gave the reason why I'm giving Kennesaw State the win, man. I think uh -huh. there's usually a game where the Bearcats can overlook an opponent sometimes. Ooh. And I, I think this might be the one because let's face it, man, you've been playing BYU, Air Force, Houston, Jacksonville State, Liberty, New Mexico State. These are all schools you know. Who the heck? I mean, yeah, we know Kennesaw State. They're FCS or they're transitioning now. But are we going to take them as serious? That's the question that I have in that one. And I am going to give the upset here. Okay. I, I'll add also that. That's a Wednesday to the next Saturday turnaround. So you've got a week and a half, which I think is going to help Sam Houston. And then if that's your fifth win, I mean, you see bowl eligibility in your sights. And so um, I would hope at that point, Keeler's got them motivated and ready, ready to go. So I think that's why I'll give him the win. 
All right. Well, you see bowl eligibility in your sights, and you head to Ruston, where we look. La Tech. They're another one of those teams, Ben. I think they're a good team. I believe that Sonny Cumbie's a good coach. He may prove me wrong in about another three or four days when Saturday comes around if they're playing again and they don't look better than they did last week. Um, they have some issues, but they were week one issues mostly. I think it's things that can be repaired. I'm I'm given on the road. I'm giving Louisiana Tech the first and probably last win they'll ever get over Sam Houston. I agree. I This was the, the, probably the second big toss-up game for me this year coming into the year. I gave us New Mexico State, which was my other toss-up. So um, I'll say we lose this one and we move to five and five on the year. I think it's a game we can win, um, but I think it's going to be really close. Didn't you go Western Kentucky? Yep, there's a loss. Yeah, we'll we'll keep moving. <laughs> All right, so now you've been on the road, Louisiana Tech on a Saturday, Western Kentucky on a Saturday, and here you are the final Saturday at home, Middle Tennessee, bowl eligibility on the line if, if Mr. Sorrells is correct. Uh, now, I, I think it's been a rough year. I think it is at this point of the season. I think these last three games is where we see the 85 scholarships play a factor. Where And where we see it, it's only playing a factor because Sam Houston hasn't had them for as long as these other teams. The depth has not been fully built there. It is still young. And these three games is where I think we show it, and I think Middle Tennessee takes the the final game of the season there. Yeah, I I really want to say a win. I'm going to say a win just for the heck of it. Uh, Middle Tennessee is a team that's going to be kind of all over the place. I mean, they'll look really good, like really good one day. They'll beat the University of Miami like on the road, and then another time they'll lose by 40 to James Madison. So. Um, or lose by 30 to UAB, and it, it just doesn't really make a lot of sense. They're really up and down. Um, so I'm going to say we catch them on their down day. It's an 11 a.m. kickoff. They're on the road. So I, as an optimist, I think Keeler's going to be really pushing hard, and they find a way for a sixth win, and we end up six and six. But I could definitely see five and seven also. So I'll say six and six. And that's bowl my- game, man. Mark it. Yeah. Start saving the money now for a bowl game. It's coming because look, Arizona State did us a favor by uh, being held out of postseason for a year. Thank you, Sun Devils. Thank you, Herm Edwards. Thank you, everybody, for breaking the rules. We appreciate that. If we could get a few more of you to break the rules, that would also uh, be great. Uh, Okay, Ben. I I ended – I've got three wins. Okay. I thought you had four. No, I had three because I didn't give Kennesaw State. So you had UTEP, FIU, and Jacksonville State, right? Yes. Okay. But I didn't do Kennesaw State. I said they're going to overlook them because, I, I, man, I got to go with the under. Yeah. But if I'm a pure betting man, I'm betting it's four. I think four wins is the most likely number this year, and I think at four wins, we have to be satisfied as a fan base for the first year with an FBS schedule. We do, and I, I think four wins would be right at everybody's expectations. I think everybody would be just fine with the move, and it's something you can definitely build on. And a lot of lines I've seen are even three and a half. So if you get three and a half somewhere, I mean, 
that's a line I would definitely look at because I think four is very realistic and I think it's very attainable. You get a three and a half, you jump on that over because okay. I I see four wins and in all honesty, I could see a fifth because when I say Sam Houston overlooks an opponent, it can happen. It has happened. We all have seen it. It's not a common thing though for a KC Keeler coach team. So I think I think four I think five wins is something that could be achievable. I think four is pretty solid bet. So if you were to get a three and a half, I would lay that down before they get before Vegas gets more wind of of the cats. Yeah, absolutely. Three and a half, hammer it right now. Mortgage it all on the three and a half. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. Bet responsibly. <laughs> Mortgage it all. Oh man. So, no, we're we're not we're not gambling advice. Seek professional help if you need it. <laughs> That's, you know who does give professional advice? Who's that? Eternal roofing man. And Absolutely. not only that, they use the absolute best stuff. They have certainty shingles. They are known for their superior weather resistance, exceptional longevity, and stunning aesthetic appeal. Another thing that Taylor and his crew do, they offer free detailed roof inspections. It's fast and professional service. They're not going to pressure you with any high pressure sales pitch and you get exceptional workmanship and warranties from them. They also specialize in commercial roofing. Eternal roofing has the ability to accommodate your HVAC system and other roof equipment. And while ensuring minimal disruption to your operations during the installation or repair and you know, Ben, that right there is probably the fact that they can minimize those disruptions. Um, I, that right there is worth the price of getting them to repair your roof anyway, because that's loud in there, man. Oh, absolutely. And disruptions when it comes to people coming to do work. I mean, isn't it the worst when someone says they'll be there at two and they show up at two next week? Uh, <laughs> Taylor and his team will be there. They'll be there when they say they're there. I mean, yeah, no, I meant two. I meant two next month. <laughs> <laughs> the second of next month, right? Not two that's, o'clock. That's right. Hey, if you if you get a chance, you're listening to this. Sometime you sit down, go to eternalroofingtx.com and go look at the gallery. They have a gallery of some of the work they've done recently, and it's just it's really impressive. They really do quality work. They do, yeah, and they've even got some of it listed up on there on their website if you want to take a look at it definitely so find them at eternalroofingtx.com Woo, ben it's time to call out the cougars man it's week one we called out the houston cougars now it's time for the byu cougars oh right? we ain't we ain't even begun to call out the houston cougars i got dana <laughs> jokes for days man we're calling out the byu cougars ben what should we expect from the now big 12 power five team yeah so just kind of a general overview of what the team looks like starting at quarterback they bring in keaton slovis who was pac 12 freshman of the year at usc spent like two years there went to Pitt, had a kind of a down year last year but now he's at byu they're saying he looks really good so he's going to be the quarterback obviously they're going to be extremely big up front a lot of these guys went on their two-year mission um, in their back so they're 24 25 26 years old really large and that's just kind of standard what BYU looks like so BYU is going to be really big up front so that's one thing to look for and how we can handle that throughout the course of 60 minutes and then on the defensive side they bring in a new defensive coordinator Jay Hill who was the head coach at Weber State 
most recently um, coming over to take over the defense um, that really had a bad year last year. Um, so interested to see what he does. And then um, I really like their front seven. I think they've got some good pieces, but on the back end, I think their top three safeties are out for week one. So we'll be it'll be interesting to see if we can expose that. So that's kind of a high level overview of what BYU is. Hey, maybe the Cats can take the top off the defense. They got some wide receivers they can run. Right, and I think it's a really good matchup for us from a stylistic style of play or way we play and what we're good at, what they're good at. Their offense is looking to be explosive. They bring in a high-profile transfer QB, but our defense is our strength. And uh, and then our offense, we all know that's kind of the weak part, especially the passing game. But, man, they're really weak in the secondary. I think they're even starting a freshman. Um, so maybe we could take advantage of that. So from when it comes to a strength versus strength, weakness versus weakness, I think it's about as good as we can ask for. Well, that is good news. Boy. It's time. We're going to pick against the spread every week. We're not just, look, Ben, anyone can pick winner or loser, right? Mm -hmm. But we're not doing that. We're picking against the spread, showing if we believe in the Cats this week or not. The ESPN spread or the basically the consensus spread, we'll say, is right at the 20 and a half mark. Um, the total for this game, Ben, and I found this interesting. I the total at 46 and a half. Wow, that's gone so, down. Yeah, so if you you divide that, that's 23, you know, and a quarter each side, then you you look at what they expect to happen. They're looking at about a 33 and a half to 13 game right now which is how the spread got to 20 and a half. So you're looking at, do you believe it's 34, 14, <laughs> you know? Uh, right. Well, that wouldn't even be doing it. 34, 14 would not do it. It would have to be a little, it would be a little less than that. 20 and a half points, man. That's a lot. It is. But also the 46 and a half says Vegas loves the Bearcats defense. It does. It, it has them putting up anywhere from or BYU putting up probably 32 33 34 points which and we we gave up 31 to AM last year um and I think our defense is a lot better this year so I think that's very reasonable yeah I I think I think so too I think over 46 and a half hits in this game if the Bearcats all I think there's also questions here about the Cats offense they and didn't I put up a lot of hinges on I think the BYU offense is due for 27 to 34 points, somewhere in that range. It just depends on how much St. Houston scores and what they look like. Okay, so are we? Are you confident in the quarterbacks to take over the total? I, I am, because I, I think BYU's – my final score prediction, and I've held to this, is probably going to be 34-17, which would put us at 51 and St. Houston covering the spread. So – um, that's what I think it looks like. And so I think we put up enough to push it over the total. And I think we also cover the spread. I, I don't know that they hit the total, but I do think BYU wins by three touchdowns. I, I, mm -hmm. I gotta tell you, man, Vegas does a tremendous job. They make money for a reason. They're in business for a reason. It's because they're very good. And these games and I'm about to show you a little bit about the, uh, former Corey who used to do a whole lot of gambling on these things. Uh, it was at this level 
where you could start to find some value. They look, Vegas is going to nail your NFL. They're going to nail the top college teams every year, right? You could get value in some of these games uh, when the group of five and I don't, I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that I see any value here on, on either side, to be honest with you. I think 20 and a half is a great number. If you're asking me to lay my own money down, I'm not laying it on either one of those. Right. What what do you what are you giving for a final score prediction? I, I feel like you're thinking like a thirty to ten kind of game. Yeah, I I'm not sold on the Cats' offense yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we could see a a thirty one to ten four touchdowns and a field goal something like that. Um, yeah, I I just I'm not sold that they're going to be able to put up twenty points, which I think they're going to need to do in a lot of. You know, roughly 15 to 20 points is what you kind of got to figure on. I don't know that – I don't think they could put up two touchdowns. On, I, I I just need to be proven. That's been my status all preseason. I need to I need you to prove it to me, so we're going to start it on week one. Hey, that's fair enough, and I have us giving up a couple more points than what you're thinking and scoring a couple more points than what you're thinking. So I can, I can definitely see it. I mean, and I think the uglier it gets, I mean, if we make this a – a 21 to 17 kind of ball game or 17 to 10, 17, 13. I think that is, that's an advantage to stand Houston. The uglier we can make this. Let's. Okay. Let, let's take one other angle on this at what, what needs to be the score for you to come out for, for Sam Houston fans. Cause there's going to be a lot of us watching that game. So we need you Ben to tell us at what point should we start to kind of wonder about this season? How, what what would be that point total that, that you would see on this? I don't think we would have to start to worry about anything that we see. I think even if we lost 56 to nothing, I don't think it'd be a huge reason for concern. Um, I think the only way I would be concerned is if we lose like that and everybody gets hurt and both quarterbacks come in and look really bad and, um, I think that's the only way I'd be a little worried. Um, so yeah, I, I think no matter what happens this weekend, as long as it's not a total disaster, I think we're going to be fine moving forward. I won't be too worried. I might speak for a couple of Cats fans, but let me just say, man, if it's 56 to nothing next week on this podcast, you're going to have to pull me off the ledge. That's fine. And and that's totally fine. <laughs> because if they lose by 56, man, that's depressing. Like there's a level where you go, okay, we lost. I, I think it's right around that 20, 21 point range. I think if you go 27, okay, you start getting up to 30. If the if they're putting subs in at the start of the fourth quarter, like some of that matters too. Like, are they, you know, how are they getting there? How did they get that? It, all of that plays a role in it. But no, there is a point. If they're if, if BYU is playing second and third team against our cats it's to start the fourth quarter. I'm not feeling too good. No, not feeling good, but I don't think it's a reason to completely give up on the year, I guess. And we lost 31 to nothing to AM last year, and I felt like it wasn't even a 31 point loss. I mean, it was 10 to nothing until a minute left in the first half. And uh, yeah, I mean, you just got to take it as it is. I mean, I don't think we're going to need to hit the panic button. I don't see us losing by 50 or something. I think 17 to 20 points is right where it's going to be. And um, yeah, it'll be a good test for us to see where we're at. But I expect this to I expect this to be competitive. That's how I'll put it. 
And that's what, and that I think that's a great way to say it. If they're competitive, and that's something we will know with our eyes, it may not necessarily be a score, a scoreboard. Like you said, last year they were competitive with AM for the better part of three quarters. If they're competitive with BYU for three quarters and then BYU pulls away late, I can explain that. Right? right. Like, I'm okay. Right. That's and BYU is the best team you're playing all year, I think. Um, I think it was BYU and then probably Western Kentucky or Air Force and then Houston. So I think BYU is the best team you play. And if you're there for three quarters, I think that's something that's, that you'll be happy with. Can I throw Liberty in there too? Yeah, I think they've got the upside. Um, it's just remain, they've got so much turnover and a new coach. But man, if they look like they have at, at their peak over the past couple of years, but Hugh Free was Hugh Freeze was there, I think they can definitely be in that conversation. That university's always been interesting since they started, but we're not going to dive into that here on. They've the got Sam some Houston money. <laughs> oh, they got money. They got a lot of money. I remember they used to broadcast their games on TV when they were just getting started. And uh, to see the facilities now, it, it is not even close to the same, man. <laughs> yeah, they, they are very nice. I mean, those facilities can compete at any level of college athletics. Definitely. Ben, it was great, man. This was so much fun. We're going to be back again next week, and we're going to slight review. I don't like reviewing because none of you want to hear that. Uh, we're going to really move forward. We're going to do more of a preview type podcast. So we may give a, a, some overthoughts on this week's game. We're going to give you a good preview like we did this week of next week's games. And we want to say thank you. Because without you, the listeners, the viewers, none of this is possible for us. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, Ben, take us out. Eat them up, cats.